Hello, knowledge seekers. In this episode of 20-Minute Books, we delve into the intricacies and evolution of human transportation with A Brief History of Motion by Tom Standage, published in 2021. This captivating exploration takes us from the dawn of mankind's earliest innovations, such as the invention of the wheel, to the complex modern-day marvels of automotive technology, including the burgeoning realm of automated vehicles. Standage, a veteran writer at The Economist since 1998 and the current deputy editor, leverages his expertise in technology and social trends to provide a comprehensive narrative that is not merely about the progression of vehicle technology, but also about its profound impact on society and the environment. The author, celebrated for his best-selling works like A History of the World in Six Glasses and An Edible History of Humanity, applies his authoritative insight into the ways that cars and associated inventions have rerouted the trajectory of human civilization. This episode is particularly tuned to the frequencies of gearheads with a passion for mechanical ingenuity, environmentally conscious individuals tackling the challenges of climate change, and investors keen on navigating the shifting landscapes of transportation's future. Join us as we accelerate through the pages of history and ponder the road ahead in A Brief History of Motion. A Brief History of Motion. From the wheel, to the car, to what comes next. Introduction. Move over. Horsepower. Charting the vehicle's journey through history and into the future. Long before electric cars became the signposts of innovation they are today, and way before environmental concerns hit the daily headlines, debates over vehicular progress and fuel sources were already fueling discussions. Yes, the automobile industry has seen its fair share of revolutions and evolutions. And through them all, one thing remains clear. Our four-wheeled friends have shaped not only our commutes, but our communities. Cars, for a good chunk of modern history, have been an integral part of our lives to such a degree that their influence often slips under our collective radar. Yet, each seductive curve of a chassis, each revolution of the tires has been pivotal in steering the development of our urban landscapes. Now, amid the global shakeups brought forth by climate crises and a health pandemic, we're being compelled to shift gears and examine our reliance on these metal chariots. Imagine streets not dominated by the growl of engines, but instead reclaimed by people, a reality that's coming into focus as societies worldwide begin to reimagine transportation. Buckle up, dear listener, and prepare for a journey through the corridors of history, from ancient chariots that signaled status like no other to the early electric cars that quietly affirmed gender stereotypes. In today's dive into the pages of vehicular law, you'll discover not just how transportation evolved, but also what might lie ahead at the next intersection. Will it be the smartphone, not the steering wheel, that maps out the future of transit? Let's find out. Part 1. From Solid Stone to Spokes. The Wheel's Majestic Ride from Utility to Royalty. Once upon a time, the invention of the wheel was as mysterious as it was transformative, leaving us to ponder over its true provenance. 
The hunt for the wheel's origins has led us on a historical excavation, straying from the rolling plains of Mesopotamia to the rugged slopes of the Carpathian Mountains. It's there, amid the lush greens of Ukraine and the rustic echoes of Poland, that we've stumbled upon artifacts which suggest the wheel's earliest existence around 3950 to 3650 BC. What drove this invention and how did it roll, quite literally, through the corridors of time to become an emblem of power and prestige for ancient elites? Copper mining within the Carpathians beckoned for a solution to transport the laboriously mined ores, and the wheel provided just that. Yet, this groundbreaking creation was neither a hit out of the gate, nor was it the simplest of constructs. The first wheels were solid blocks, cumbersome and unyielding, and it wasn't until the dawn of spoked wheels around 2000 BC that their true potential began to unfold. As chariots emerged with innovatively lighter and faster wheels, they changed the battlefields and the very definition of what it meant to convey power. The Hittites, known for their military prowess, not only deployed chariots for combat logistics, but also as symbols of divine royalty. Adorned with intricate designs, these chariots carried kings and were esteemed so highly that they often accompanied their noble passengers into the afterlife. The wheel's journey from the depths of a copper mine to an eternal monument beside a king showcases its incredible evolution. But what's even more fascinating is to see how this early symbol of luxury and efficiency set the stage for the modern status that cars hold today. Once again, marrying utility with prestige. Part 2. Riding the Road to Revolution how Roman ingenuity paved the path for public transport. The roar of the crowd as chariot wheels thunder across the arena is a sound that has long faded into the annals of history. Yet, the chariot's legacy endures, not in battle nor in the adrenaline-fueled races of ancient Rome, but rather in the silent, stone-paved streets and the mapping strategies that once directed the might of an empire. After chariots retired from war, Rome's focus shifted. The empire sought to connect its vast territories through a network of sturdy roads, igniting a transformation in city planning that echoes through time, to an extent even resembling today's bustling avenues such as those in Manhattan. Let's unravel the tale. Roman roads and innovations gave way to coaches and eventually trains. Inventive Romans set a milestone with the introduction of front-wheel steering, catapulting four-wheel transportation into an era of greater control and utility. This breakthrough was the catalyst for a lineage of covered wagons and the emergence of the stagecoach, which traversed distance and terrain with increased practicality. For a spell, nobles shunned carriages, deeming them beneath the stature of those who should ride proudly atop horseback. But perceptions shifted. The 16th century welcomed coaches that were not just vehicles of convenience, but also symbols of prestige, adorned with opulent decorations fit for kings. The march of progression led these carriages to military use, where they flexed their strategic might against the Ottoman Empire. Serving as mobile forts and artillery carriers, they displayed versatility and strength, reshaping their image to be embraced by the virility of warfare. Then came the stalwart stagecoach, 
a service as regimented as the Roman legions, offering passage in stages, meticulously planned and executed. By the 17th century, this system of scheduled long-distance travel had carved its niche, setting the stage for an even more radical leap in transportation, the locomotive. Thus, from the chariot's last race to the chug of the first trains, a thread can be traced, a narrative of innovation and adaptation that led humanity from the glory of ancient empires to the ironclad era of railways. Part 3. The Quest for a More Refined Ride The Dawn of the Horseless Carriage The last decade of the 19th century painted urban landscapes in less than desirable hues. Metropolis dwellers found themselves navigating through a relentless barrage of sound and an unwelcome obstacle course of equine waste. For cities like New York and London, where streets were dictated by the steady trots and unwavering contributions of 300,000 horses, the yearning for cleanliness was palpable. The populace craved respite from the clamorous cacophony of hooves and the daily deposit of some 22 pounds of manure per horse. Rainfall only exacerbated the predicament, morphing streets into murky streams that carried the city's filth to even the most unsuspecting doorstep. The collective voice of the city shouted a unified plea. It was time for a change. Seekers of a more serene cityscape began rally around the vision of a cleaner and quieter horseless carriage. Contrary to expectations, the advent of trains exacerbated the equine epidemic. More wares and wanderers led to a greater demand for horse-drawn carriages. The 7th Avenue Street Railway in New York City became a vertical stable, stacking horses in a multi-tiered home away from home. The crescendo of clattering hooves echoed the urgency for innovation. The solution was but a shimmer on the horizon, as inventors and engineers gathered in France for a race that was as much about imagination as it was about velocity. The 1894 Paris to Rouen event wasn't just a race, it was a showcase of possibility, setting the stage with 21 contenders, each one equipped with steam or petrol engines and directed mostly by tillers, save for one trailblazer sporting a steering wheel. The event attracted crowds who lined the paths, marveling as the machines trundled past at the breakneck speed of 10 miles per hour. Though a steam-powered vehicle surged ahead, victory was determined by more than mere speed. Efficiency, simplicity, and functionality would crown the champion, criteria that favoured the vehicle powered by a Daimler engine, hailing the triumph of internal combustion over steam-driven complexity. Stay tuned, for the next race in line would bring even more clarity to the burgeoning race for automotive excellence. A voyage of innovation on a road paved with both promise and pitfalls. Part 4. From dusty roads to driveway staples, how the car won the heart of the masses. The Paris to Bordeaux race in 1895 didn't just stretch the distance, it stretched the imagination proving that what once felt like a fantastical dream was fast becoming a tangible touchstone of progress. The vehicle leading the charge was a marvel, equipped with a Daimler Phoenix engine swift and relentless, setting a blistering pace to Bordeaux. Despite its disqualification over a seating mishap, its performance was a decibel-increasing shout. Petrol-powered engines were racing into the future. 
the globe-spanning excitement surrounding such events was revving up interest in the horseless carriage, but the burgeoning romance with automobiles wasn't a smooth ride. Public opinion initially braked hard against the intrusion of these machines that stirred up dust and danger along their paths. From the quill of authors like Kenneth Graham, caricatures like the vehicularly obsessed Mr. Toad of The Wind in the Willows, captured a sentiment that resonated all too well with an apprehensive public. Fear and hostility were the knee-jerk reactions to these early, expensive, and oft-perceived destructive newcomers. Yet, the tides of opinion began to shift as affordability entered the conversation. The transformative phenomenon known as the Ford Model T cranked down the assembly lines with an innovative production strategy that saw each worker focus on a specific task. This method allowed cars to roll out swiftly, bringing down the sticker price to an unprecedented dollar eight hundred fifty. A stark contrast to the steep two thousand eight hundred and thirty-four dollars average car cost of the time. Suddenly, in nineteen o eight, automobiles weren't just for the select few; they were for everyone. The Model T wasn't parked in the realms of luxury; it was parked in the everyday driveway. Advertisements weren't dripping with elitism. They spoke of a product for the populace. And speak it did. This wasn't merely a vehicle. It was a force of democratization that drove its way into the heart of society. The Model T recalibrated the story of automobiles from one of disdain to one of desire. It wasn't just about getting from point A to B anymore. This car, with its robust engine, promised a new chapter of independence and freedom. The car, once an unwelcome cloud of dust on the horizon, was now a trusted companion in the garages of the growing middle class. Part 5. Highways of Hierarchy. How Cars Became the New Measuring Stick of Social Status. The Roaring Twenties saw the automobile transform from functional machinery to a glittering emblem of personal prosperity. As America rolled out of the 1910s and into the decade of jazz and prosperity, the nation's roadways were coursing with an incredible surge in the number of cars, from a mere 8,000 to a staggering 8 million. The Ford Model T, once the great equalizer in motor vehicle ownership, was now yesterday's news, and General Motors was surging ahead with a new strategy a lineup of cars that mirrored the very socio-economic ladder of the American dream itself. The realization of the 1920s was clear as a polished chrome bumper. Cars had become the rolling representations of one's place in society. General Motors did more than just manufacture cars. They engineered desire. With brand names ascending from the attainable Chevrolet to the luxurious Cadillac, the automaker offered consumers a tangible gauge of their financial ascent. Options for payment plans and trade-ins sweetened the deal, transforming the car into a purchase within reach, a symbol within grasp for those yearning to climb the echelons. Henry Ford, the pioneer of mass car production, found his single-model, single-color ethos eclipsed by GM's kaleidoscope of choices. His assembly lines, designed for streamlined output of the Model T, now idled in the shadow of GM's strategy to annually refresh their offerings with new models and vibrant colors. 
tailored to reflect not just wealth, but also individuality. GM's cars entice buyers to see their vehicles as extensions of their personalities. Henry Ford, with reluctance heavy as his steadfastly black cars, conceded to this cultural shift. The Ford Model A emerged in 1928, dipping its toes into the waters of color and customer customization. Yet the automotive landscape had morphed irreversibly during his hesitance. General Motors, with its finger firmly on the pulse of American consumerism, raced ahead, leaving Ford's once revolutionary Model T in the rearview mirror of history as they sped into a future where the car you drove defined the person you were or aspired to be. Part 6 Steering Through the Thirties The Car's Ascent and the Reshaping of Public Spaces. As the car's popularity accelerated into the 1930s, so too did the rate of road accidents, underscoring an urgent need for a uniform set of traffic laws. With the burgeoning number of vehicles came the dawn of traffic lights, standardized signs, and speed limits, many of which first hit the tarmac in the United States before cruising across the Atlantic to Europe. Surprisingly, Los Angeles played a pivotal role as a birthplace for many now commonplace traffic protocols, a status owed to California's sunny disposition and love affair with cars. During this epoch, a tug of war ensued. Were roads the domain of people or cars? Pedestrians demanded safety, while car lobbyists pointed fingers at jaywalkers for tumult on the streets. In 1934, a decision was cast. Pedestrians were to tread within the bounds of crosswalks, granting cars dominion on the asphalt. With the industry booming to new heights, critical decisions were being made. Decisions with echoes felt to this day. Animated by the roaring engines of America's automotive sector, Adolf Hitler saw potential in transforming Germany's roads and economy through the lens of the car. His vision led to tax relief for drivers, the introduction of the heralded Volkswagen, and the construction of far-reaching autobahns, which would motor the country out of economic doldrums while creating 1.5 million jobs. Across the ocean, the 1939 World's Fair in New York City unveiled a motif that would steer the future of urban design. Titled Futurama, This Window into Tomorrow, sponsored heavily by GM, was a vision of sweeping superhighways carving through futuristic cityscapes reimagining the world with the automobile at its heart. Futurama's prophecy began to unfold in the decades that followed. Interstates threaded through the urban fabric, often at the expense of lower income and predominantly black neighborhoods, as progress bulldozed through communities to make room for the relentless sprawl of tarmac. Even as the world was paving over the past, another key choice was idling at the junction. The decision on fuel With engines revving for attention, the 20th century found itself at an intersection that would set the course for the automotive world for decades to come. Part 7. Electric Dreams and Gasoline Streams. The Crossroads of Energy for Transportation. Electric vehicles are often hailed as a revolution in modern transportation, yet they hummed along the streets over a century ago, their potential for urban commutes already recognized. The Electrobat, in its prime, promised to revolutionize New York City with a fleet of electric taxis backed by a seamless battery swapping system. But just as momentum gathered, 
scandal grounded their ascent. Furthermore, the burgeoning era of electric vehicles saw companies like Babcock Electric and Detroit Electric courting a specific clientele, women. These companies marketed electric cars as convenient and simple alternatives to hand-cranked gasoline engines, ideal for the city's bustle. Yet this target marketing may have had unintended consequences, subtly reinforcing certain societal norms and perhaps stalling broader adoption. These turns in the road, however, weren't the sole reasons behind our current commitment to gasoline. In the years when the automobile's clout was on the rise, ethanol, an alcohol derived from crops, emerged as a renewable contender to gasoline. The original Ford Model T itself was capable of running on ethanol. Industry visionaries cautioned against becoming chained to the finite reserves of fossil fuels. Nonetheless, gasoline's foothold tightened, influenced by a cocktail of marketing prowess, political might, and scientific scrutiny. Despite Standard Oil's dominance being checked by monopoly laws, the power of oil remained an imposing force in political circles, influencing decisions. Furthermore, ethanol's lower energy efficiency compared to gasoline painted a daunting prospect. Vast swathes of fertile land repurposed for fuel, potentially edging out food production. In these early crossroads, farmers found themselves weighing the risks of defying the oil juggernaut against the call to harness the earth for fuel rather than food. While these energy debates simmered down with the discovery of Middle Eastern oil wells, they never extinguished. With the onset of environmental consciousness and climate concerns, the whispers of renewable energy alternatives are surging into a roar once more. The fuel that powered our past may not fuel our future, and the quest for sustainable energy has re-entered the spotlight. The stakes now higher than ever before. Part 8. Revving Toward a Cleaner Tomorrow The Hopeful Journey Back to People-Centric Cities The automobile, once celebrated as a beacon of progress, promised a reprieve from the clatter and mess of horse-drawn transport. Yet, over the decades, the promise has reversed, leaving behind a legacy of noise pollution and streets choked with exhaust, not to mention their significant contribution to global carbon emissions. But the road ahead may not be all gridlock and fumes. The deep rifts in our geopolitical landscape widened by oil dependency, are now being examined with fresh eyes, eyes that understand the sustainability of our transportation needs reimagining, and, as the COVID-19 pandemic steers us into new territories of thought, we're beginning to question long-held assumptions, including the once sacrosanct place of the automobile in our lives. Hope is on the horizon. People may soon reclaim the asphalt from cogs and wheels and Take back the urban canvas. Post I. World War II, cars didn't just occupy streets, they drove cultural and communal transformations. Courtship, entertainment, and culinary experiences were reconfigured around the convenience of the vehicle. The burgeoning suburbs, these retreats for the middle class, swelled outward, anchored by vast shopping complexes and a glaring absence of pedestrian pathways. Even amidst this automobilistic expansion, some foresaw the danger in communities designed for exhaust pipes, not footsteps. As years blurred into decades, the glossy veneer of suburbia began to chip away, 
revealing an undercurrent of malaise. Now, a microscopic invader has prompted a pause, a collective moment to reassess. As homes turn into offices and e-commerce sidesteps the need for a car ride to the store, it seems we stand at the cusp of a renaissance in urban planning. The work-from-home culture burgeons, backed by an unspoken acknowledgement. The daily commute, once an unwavering ritual, may not be a necessity after all. Cities are responding. Streets are evolving with wider sidewalks and cycling lanes. Even experimenting with car-free zones or imposing snail pace speed limits. These changes are more than mere adjustments. They're ideological shifts signaling the return of streets to their citizens, dialing back years of car-centric design. Our journey with the automobile, while fraught, also carries within it the seedlings of change. As we navigate the curves of the present, it's becoming increasingly likely that the cities of the future will emerge as places where people, not cars, set the pace. Part 9. Navigating New Roads. The Rise of Mobility as a Service over Autonomous Cars. In the glimmering future painted by the 1939 Futurama exhibit, cars were self-piloting marvels of technology, guided by road-embedded sensors into a vision of synchronized, motoring bliss. Fast forward to today, and Norman Bel Geddes's dream of driverless cars has shifted from the roads to the cars themselves, equipped with sensors to navigate the world independently. The quest for the autonomous vehicle, AV, has seen massive investment and research. It's a modern-day race held not in deserts, but in tech labs and test tracks, pushing the boundaries of machine learning to teach vehicles how to recognize and react to the unpredictable nature of the road. But the journey ahead for AV technology is shrouded in uncertainty. Despite progress, AVs find themselves outpaced by a simpler, yet no less transformative innovation. The Bundled Transportation App, a beacon of modern travel known as Mobility as a Service, Mars. The challenge for AVs is the machine's still limited ability to interpret the world with human nuance. Humans can distinguish between a discarded plastic bag and a child mid-frolic, whereas AVs have stumbled upon such discernments. Until these technological nuances are mastered, the full integration of self-driving cars remains a dotted line on the horizon. While AVs navigate these hurdles, MES programs have smoothly transitioned into the fast lane. Pioneered in Helsinki in 2014, MES represents a shift in transportation paradigms. Instead of owning a car, individuals can now plug into a network of mobility options, bikes, scooters, public transit, or shared vehicles, all available at their fingertips via a single app. Cities worldwide, from Singapore to Berlin, are now drafting their own editions of this seamless, integrated transit narrative. The appeal of the car as a symbol of independence has yielded to the smartphone's digital embrace, offering not just a means of communication, but a gateway to holistic urban mobility. Our devices, much like the cars of old, bring along questions of privacy and security. Nonetheless, the tide of transportation is clear. The future is not only about how we move, but the choices we have and the flexibility that comes with weaving together strands of transit options into a tailored tapestry of travel. 
As we forge ahead, the allure of the autonomous may have met its match in the practical promise of Maas, a signpost of progress pointing to a future where the streets are no longer solely the domain of cars, but a shared space for all forms of movement. Final Summary The story of motion is as old as humanity itself, with the inception of the wheel sparking an era of transformative mobility. Originally serving the dual purposes of practicality and prestige, from hauling ore to exalting kings, the wheel set humanity rolling toward an ever-accelerating future. Ironically, the rise of the automobile, once touted as the clean, noise-free alternative to horse-drawn carriages, steered us into a world where the growl of engines and the haze of exhaust dominate our environment. Yet the car did more than just populate our streets. It redefined societal structures, influenced global politics, and permeated every aspect of urban planning, turning the cities of the world into sprawling automotive realms. Now, with the echoes of a global pandemic and the clear and present danger of climate change, a shift in gears seems imminent. The recognition that our car-centric urban designs may no longer serve us is bringing about policies and cityscapes that valorize pedestrians over vehicles. Even as we continue to explore sustainable fuels and the elusive dream of fully automated vehicles, a new player has taken the wheel, the smartphone. Through mobility as a service platforms, our approach to transportation is becoming democratized, versatile, and integrated in ways that suggest a future where cars are just one of many options. Reflecting on the remarkable journey from ancient chariots to app-based transportation choices, the final irony is that the technology giving us the freedom, once exclusively associated with cars, is now guiding us towards a future with fewer vehicles on the streets. As we look down the road, it's becoming ever clearer that our destiny lies not in the rearview mirror of personal car ownership, but on a path that prioritizes community, sustainability, and the power of choice in how we move through the world. Thank you for joining me today on this journey of learning and discovery as we explored the insights of another thought-provoking book in our growing library of knowledge. If you've enjoyed our time together, please take a moment to follow our podcast, give us a five-star rating, and share 20-minute books with other knowledge seekers. Your support truly means a lot. Don't forget to join me again in the next episode, where we will delve into another enriching book. Until then, happy reading and happy listening.